Hello and welcome to the Two Bearded Men podcast with me, Alan. And me, Gary. Fortunately for us, Gary's put the guitar down. But I have the fill-in. Worth waiting for. <laughs> when you said fill-in, then I thought, what's dentist got to do with it? <laughs> Honestly, that's what went through my brain. I just shows how my, my brain works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so... What we do in this podcast is we both go away, find a subject that, or subject or subjects that we are interested in, do very little research, then bring it to the table and discuss it between ourselves. So as normal, without further ado, over to Gary. Thank you very much. Um, today, we are looking, this is probably a little bit of an extension from one of the other podcasts we did about space travel and getting over to the likes of Alpha Centauri and a long way away. A long, long way away in a somebody's lifetime. Yeah. Uh, but this uh, is on the back of that. These are tests that they've been currently doing uh, on space travel. They managed to get a vehicle or a space vehicle of some description that can travel 3.6 million miles per day. And they've just been testing this in Earth's orbit. It's and the craft, it's a light sail, and the craft is called Light Sail 2. You know, they put a lot of effort into that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. They, they had to think of it first time, didn't they? Well, yeah. Light Sail 1. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a natural progression. Yeah. <clears throat> what is it? It's a light sail? We're am to, to version 1.1. 1. 1. Yeah, well, we don't want to know about that yeah. as a failure. Uh, so, this is. Obviously, a lot faster than rocket engines. Obviously. Albeit, they cannot carry payloads that are very big. So, you know, this this vehicle only measures 10 centimetres by 10 centimetres by 30 centimetres. So it's an oblong. So it's, it's about 12 inch by, by 3 inch. <laughs> by 3 inch. God. So it is late in the day, yes. I've got, I, 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 I put you back to my dentist bit. <laughs> That's why my brain is working this, this evening. So, um, yeah, this is a very small uh, thing which can only carry, you know, basic instruments and equipment. Matches. Yeah, basically. Uh, obviously, to travel so far and such so fast, they can't have anything that's got that much uh, too much weight to it and so yeah this is this is something that can at least go somewhere and take pictures and yeah. take a load of yeah you could get and... a gopro in a, a thing that big couldn't you yeah. um i have actually heard about these light sails before I, I don't know the full ins and outs of them i have actually had them described to me once uh you don't don't you they basically have a sail and you fire photons at it it basically, well, how this worked, uh, th this is actually plastic sheets that ga gather the uh, momentum of the sun. And so this is what this test did. It used our sun to gather uh, solar momentum. Uh, and they're very shiny, very bright, uh, or reflective, should I say, uh, surfaces, which helps propel the vehicle along. What happens when you get a long way away and it's dark? 
Well, you struggle, obviously, and you're still moving. Yeah, you're 3. just six million miles a day. Get get you to another sun eventually. Yeah, so you because you're not going to slow down unless you hit something, are you? Oh, that's it. So you being that small, you've got less chance of hitting stuff. Man, yeah, yeah, it's a big, big universe out there. Uh, I don't know how big the light sails. Well, it's funny you say that, yeah, about being that small. I was actually watching uh, about the, the probes, the centre, the outer planets, and they have to actually go through the Kuiper belt. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even bother, and the Kuiper belt's so big, and this asteroids and that are so far apart, they didn't even bother trying to calculate a path through it because really? they reckoned that, the percentage, the chance, percentage chance of actually hitting something was so small it wasn't worth worrying about because all these bits are so far apart. You're mm. talking a long, long way apart. Because there's, when they uh, project this uh, or portray this on TV program, you think, "Wow, that's yeah." You know, it looks like the rings of Saturn, don't it? Everything's yeah. really close together, but no, the actual uh, asteroid are so far apart that you've got very little chance of hitting them. But then again, there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> there is always a yeah. chance. Yeah, you won't want to take that risk if you was <laughs> if you was actually manning the vehicle. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that's that's it basically. Um, it's one step closer to getting this travel to a planet which uh, is capable of holding life, and with going on, you know, last podcasts that we did mm-hmm. AI um, as I say it's been using everything and I currently got an AI that's looking for life on other planets and they are all, every day I say every day but quite often they're coming up with more ob- observed earth like planets yeah. planets which they can uh, earth get twos to. I forgot what they call it now uh, M class <laughs> no, that's, Star- that's Star Trek. Oh. That's Star Trek. Uh, I forget what they call them. Earth, Earth-like planets. There is a terminology for it, and I cannot remember. Hopefully, somebody will point it out to me at some point. Mm. Uh, Earth, yeah. just in you know, planets in that yeah. you know Goldilocks zone. So this was uh, has been developed by uh, the Planetary Society, which is in the US. And uh, this was launched on the 25th of June, 2019. So it's pretty recent for us. Yeah, but it'd be a long way away by now. Well, it only went round. How can it stay going round at that speed? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's got to float off, wouldn't you? Well, I don't, it it doesn't actually say. It's turning left (laughs) all the time. Now, uh, the article didn't say, well, that's it, test done, what we're going to do, well, we're just going to leave it. They might be just leaving it going around, and it'll just go off on its merry way. Or they might say, oh, yeah, let's point it to somewhere. Yeah, bye. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be able to hold orbit at that speed, surely. No? I mean, Apollo, the Apollo spacecraft didn't go that fast, and they left. Well, I suppose it depends which way you point it. Yeah, because they're missing a, they are missing a trick, or they probably already decided, but not obviously released all this research that uh, got this from, just gave up. <laughs> well, it's fair enough. It's pretty much what we do, isn't it? You know? <laughs> no, I've got to that point now, I'll give up. Yeah. Okay, my subject actually is something I spotted on the news today, and it quite caught, it caught my eye. Uh, this is the headline, Mother 23 reveals how her baby's leg came off in her hand after her 11-month-old son developed sepsis 
from a throat infection and lost all four limbs. Wow, that's one sore throat, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, uh, that the, that headline just got me. Like, and it was mo uh, the mother Abigail Wardle uh, noticed kind of a young kid, uh, his soft spot was sunken, and then and the day after baby Oliver uh, was being put in a medically induced coma in hospital, and he pulled through, but he had to have all four limbs amputated. You know, and thinking. I've heard of sepsis and stuff like that, but I didn't, well, you know it's nasty stuff and you know it can kill people, but imagine it coming on so quickly. Well, I suppose 11 month old baby is, in size-wise, not very big, so the, the way it can spread and develop probably is accelerated because of the size of the person. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, again, uh, it, Basically, baby Oliver, uh, she was told he might be he might be dehydrated, and next day, medics uh, put him eleven months immediately into an induced coma. They discovered when they discovered he had sepsis. I got me thinking: what is sepsis? Yeah, it's blood poisoning. Uh, it's the immune system overreacting to an infection. Mm. Or injury. Normally, our immune systems just like fight infection, but sometimes, for reasons we don't understand, apparently, it attacks our body, body's own organs and tissues. Uh, so, and if not treated immediately, sepsis can result in organ failure and death. Yet, with early diagnosis, it can be treated with antibiotics. So, basically, we kill ourselves when we get infected. Now, I was looking for. But the symptoms, okay, sepsis can initially look like flu, gastroenteritis or a chest infection, uh, and there's no one sign, and symptoms present differently between adults and children mm -hmm. as well. So obviously adults can, can get it, uh, and I know people have had limbs, adults have had limbs amputated for sepsis. Very serious, nasty thing. Okay, in children, if you're worried, if your child is unwell and either has a fever or a very low temperature, so it's obviously difficult to spot, or has had a fever in the last 24 hours, call 999 and just ask, could it be sepsis? Yeah. It's not a lot gone, really, is it? No. Because... A child, yeah, a child may have, may have sepsis if he's breathing very fast, he has a fit or a convulsion, looks mottled, uh, bluish or pale, has a rash that does not fade when you press it, uh, very lethargic or difficult to wake up and he feels abnormally cold to the touch and a child under five uh, may have sepsis if he or she is not feeding is vomiting repeatedly uh, and hasn't passed urine for 12 hours so there's your signs you know so if you see any of them signs in your kids phone 999 straight away I suppose uh if they have sepsis or not, them signs are can be related to other things and are yeah. serious enough in the, on their own that you would want to phone immediately. Yeah, and hopefully they don't fob you off by some some receptionist says, "Oh, you again?" Because I've had that. Yes. Oh, you again? I have <laughs> me again. And you go up to the, you eventually go up to the hospital and say, why, why, oh, oh, that, that is bad, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I went to, to one doctor once in hospital, I was in absolute agony, I was dying, I was in pain, 
I really needed pain relief and because I wasn't screaming and shaking, she said, no, your pain's not enough, go away. <laughs> so just because I don't bleat out and whatever, you know. Start shouting and bawling. Start shaking and bawling, let's take a look at it. And it was no consolation, but I was right because they rushed me into the hospital the day after. Yeah. So, so, yeah, she should have given me some pain relief at that time. I actually did need it. Yeah. And just because I wasn't crying, well, I was actually, I was crying inside, thinking, oh, this would go away. Right, obviously, that's how it's spotted in children, but how to spot it in adults? Right, you seek medical help urgently if you or another adult develops these signs. Slurred speech or confusion, that's me and you, we've both got sepsis. Oh, that's just all on the this time. podcast <laughs> alone. Extreme shivering or muscle pain, yeah, I get that. Mm. Uh, passing no urine in a day. Well, no, I know I haven't got it because I can't even sleep all night when I don't get up for a wee. Severe breathlessness. Well, depends how steep the stairs are. I know there's more than three yeah. of them. <laughs> uh, it feels like you're going to die. Well, uh, yeah. And skin is mottled or discoloured. That's a pretty severe symptom, isn't it? If you feels like you're going to die. Yeah, that's pretty... Quantify yeah. that one. <laughs> That was like that when I had a flu last time, or last twice I had flu, I literally felt like I was going to die. Well, putting that into perspective, the other night when I got up to go to the toilet and I stumped my toe, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to go to the toilet after I stumped my toe. Now, the pain took that all the way from me as well. So there you go, stumped my toe, thought I was going to die. I didn't need to urinate, so therefore I, I got a, it was toe-induced sepsis. <laughs> and I ripped my toenail off, so ow. I don't know if I didn't wake Michelle up because I dived on the bed in agony. <laughs> oh, it was painful. And I wouldn't mind, but I did it about three weeks earlier as well. I've done both feet. I took toenails off my left foot first time, going to the toilet, and the toenail off my right foot coming from the toilet. So, corners of beds, eh? <laughs> Always wear slippers. There's a moral of that story. I don't even know I did it the second time because... I actually stood on something in the dark and it was it turned out to be the towel in the morning, the towel was on the floor and I stood on it and I just, I just give me a bit of a shock and I lifted my foot up and that, yeah, I ripped my toenail off on the bed. Obviously closer to the bed than I thought. So yeah. Anyway, not making light of it, sepsis very nasty. Do something about it. Uh like I said, the um the headline just got me. His leg came off in the hand. Jesus. Imagine how you'd feel. Oh, it'd be horrific. I couldn't imagine. Imagine the guilt you'd feel. Yeah. Should have done something sooner. Mm. Anyway, that is uh, our podcast for today. So with that, it's a goodbye from me, Alan. And a goodbye from me, Gary. Bye. Bye.